Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we are live in studio as we talk about the new experimental patch, gaming award season, and even more Blizzard drama. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a very different and special week of the podcast because this is, as Kevin said, the first time that we are together in a studio together. We are in Little Tokyo. We are in the office or one of the offices of the Visual Communications Building where they host the um they're the company that hosts the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. And yeah, we are we're we are live human people. Feels weird. It, it does. It feels very different from being in front of a computer screen instead of, you know, it, it's cool to have this interaction and it's great. Right, it's like I don't know. It, it being like, especially with coronavirus, like coronavirus was one of the things that like prevented people from interacting in person a little bit more, and also like just the geographical distance. Because you're in San Francisco, uh, Bay Area, and then I'm like outskirts of LA. Yeah, it, it's totally different. It's nice to you know get get to see what the the local LA area looks like compared to you know SF. But, yeah, it's just really cool to hang out and be in person and be safe in person. That's another thing. Only made slightly awkward by the fact that for some reason the second mic is not working. So I'm literally having to, like, pass the mic in between us. <laughs> so, um, but aside from that, how was your Thanksgiving weekend, Kevin? It was pretty good. We, uh, I went upstate. I went to Sacramento, hung out with my cousins, met uh, met their new significant others. We played uh, Poetry for Neanderthals, if you've ever played that. It's a great game. Uh, you you have a club. You have an inflatable club, and you have to just use one-syllable words. And, uh, yeah, my family it goes a little nuts on those kinds of games where they uh, – let, let's just say it's not PG, and we have small children running around, so we, we made sure that they stayed in their room as we played this game. Oh, dear Lord. Like, what's what's the worst that it got? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my cousin's significant other came in and <laughs> she said, what you do to me from the back? And I was like, I don't think hit it is a card. <laughs> so so my, my cousin's like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> and he's like, I hope it's the second answer. Is it massage? <laughs> and she's like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I hope I hope it was that I I I could not have said it uh like mm, slap it spank it that, those are not I, I'm pretty sure those aren't in the deck. Oh my god! Uh, that reminds me of the one time I um I was playing Cards Against Humanity with my parents and then my brother and his girlfriend were there, and my parents are surprisingly good at this game. Like, I think one of the weirdest ones is my mom played a salty surprise and it actually worked yeah. for like, and it was, it won. And then we asked her, do you know what a salty surprise is? Like, I don't know, like pretzels. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, it's, God, how did it end? Who won? Uh, we, we lost. We, we lost, we lost pretty bad. Um, 
the the trick to that game, by the way, is to try to just make sentences rather than just try to list words that are kind of close. Because even basic sentences can help. Um, it just gives it a little bit more structure. Mm. So keep that in mind if you ever end up playing poetry for Neanderthals. The Oatmeal makes great video, not video games, they're like just card games and games in general. Like they did uh, Exploding Kittens, which is fantastic if you haven't played it. Um, but for me, Thanksgiving was just stay home, eat ham, be fat. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't really do much over a couple of three days. I bought my new laptop finally, so I can replace this hunk of junk which I've had since college. Um, guess how much the new laptop ran me up, Kevin? I, I'm I'm sad by this price tag. Is it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the couple thousand dollars. It's probably like. Mm, I to to be safe, I'll say three k. Is is that fair? It was like three six. That's still ridiculous. My sister guessed one five, and I'm like, how how am I gonna get a, a laptop for one five? That's an Apple. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, it it always has to be like you know they up you for that premium charge because of the the Apple name, but uh yeah, if, if you're gonna keep it for a while, and uh, as as long as it doesn't die on us in the middle of a podcast, like we're good. <laughs> Like this one does, uh, it served me well, but like it's it's old. It's like it's ancient. It's an old man. It's deserved. It's earned its retirement. Um, but how's your trip to LA been so far? Before we get into the news and things, um, yeah, this is my first time being on a plane for uh, like four years. So like pre-COVID, the last thing that I like flew flew out for was like a cast in Atlanta, and that was just like a one-time thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's still crazy, you know, still got to do all the TSA stuff, had to make sure what I can bring on the plane legally and what I can't. Like literally any liquids have to be in a smaller bottle. They have to fit in a bag. I didn't know that um, going in. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And we were learning about other things like you can bring a bowling ball, but you can't bring bowling pins. So that's, that's kind of unfortunate if you wanted to play if you wanted a bowl in the middle of a of an airport that that is not an option what <laughs> you can bring a bowling ball but you can't bring bowling pins yeah yeah that's something that i found out it's it's club like so the pin is a club like object so yeah i don't understand how you could bring the the ball itself cuz that thing's pretty heavy but like the pins are a no go. Uh, it's it's the same thing with like you know you can bring a baseball, but you can't bring the baseball bat. Just imagine everybody for their carry on brings in just bowling balls. The plane just doesn't take off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just bowling balls. You can bring basketballs. You can bring pretty much anything um, that isn't club shaped. And the funniest one was like bocce balls. I like looked it up and I'm like, you can bring a whole bocce ball set, and that's totally fine on the plane. Uh, but yeah, it's just like. There, there's just some interesting things like uh, it makes sense that you can't bring like um, you can't bring like lighters or anything. But um, I, one of them was a uh, portable like phone batteries. You have to bring it in your carry on. You can't put in any checked luggage. So it has to be like on your person the whole time because it, I, I don't know why that is. Uh, but they're like, oh, lithium ion batteries. You can't you can't just keep in a pocket somewhere. You have to bring it with you. I guess maybe they just don't want them to explode or something. Yeah, it's probably a, it's probably an explosive hazard. But other than that, it's just like, 
it, it should be fine. You should just be able to just keep it in your pocket. And as, as long as you don't like come strapped with like eight of them on your chest or anything, should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, speaking of weird things being collected, um, this, this episode, Kevin's just going to be a lot of you guessing things. Um, but so, okay, so this, here, here's the first news story that we have. So this dude has a very unusual video game collection. Um, Leroy, the human tackboard Patterson, he's a wrestler and a professional thumbtack enthusiast. Uh, okay. Um, but he has an unusual collection of, of video games. He has a couple thousand of the same exact copy of the same video game um first off guess how many copies of this he has if he's like a full-on collector i'm i'm thinking maybe once again maybe in like the five thousands uh, like i feel like that's a safe bet okay he little overshot there he's got 2706 copies of this one video game um it's an extraordinarily obscure video game i highly doubt you're gonna guess it but three guesses as to the very strange video game he's decided to collect. Um, Frogger's The Lost, the Lost Relic. Uh, let's see, what other weird games are there? Um, the, the Namco Collection for Game Boy Advanced. And um, what, what would be one that like nobody, nobody cares about? Okay, uh, for, for the regular Game Boy, uh, the... Disney version of Tetris. Those are those are my <laughs> those are my picks. I actually owned the the Namco collection on my Game Boy, so that was just a huge throwback. Um, but no, it is 2006's Xbox 360 quote unquote smash hit Sneak King, produced by Burger King. <laughs> wait, wait. So, so a Burger Burger King like promotional game why why would you ever need this that that is a stupid amount of the same game the sneaking why would you what what kind of what kind of gameplay is it do you know it's like you have to sneak around this house and like leave burger king meals for people so you're like a reverse santa claus well i mean santa claus leaves stuff for you but like it's just Santa Claus that just leaves food in your house. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, so, so according to him, th what happened was he originally had one copy of each of these games. There was like a promotion Burger King was doing back in the day where each one of these games they had the Sneak King one, they had um, Pocket Bike Racer, and a bumper car game called Big Bumpin'. <laughs> but apparently he started originally having just one of each of them. And then he found... 50 copies of Sneak King at a thrift store. So he bought them all. And then it just became like he started collecting as many copies as he could. Um, so he and a friend, another wrestler, Bobby Ramos, just have a YouTube channel, I guess, dedicated to completing this collection. of. They're trying to get as many uh, copies of this game as possible. I don't know how many were ever made, but I feel like 2,700 is enough to collect. Yeah, you, you can say that you're an enthusiast, or at least, or a, a very avid collector. Um, I, I think we've I've seen something like this in the Yu-Gi-Oh community, where like one guy 
would just buy out all the copies of like this really stupid card and then they'll be like oh yeah he's he's that guy he's he's the guy who has all these cards and then he'll build a deck around it and you're just like this is dumb like but if it's a point of pride for you like it's definitely something cool to have yeah it's it's funny at this point it's not it's transcended the the level of stupidity into just this is hilarious yeah it's just it's just great to have something that you want to collect you know 2000 of moving into like just more more dumb stuff so remember we talked about jump force kevin yes jump force the smash hit uh it's not sold by burger king uh but yeah 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 uh yeah jump force so it's going offline in August of next year, and now they're just trying to squeeze the last bit of life they can out of it. So it's going on sale. Um, guess how much this game is now going for? This shambling corpse of a video game. Okay, so it, when it was released, it was like 50 bucks. So I would say that like if they're trying to get more people to buy it, I could see 20 as like a very solid price. But I think that if the if they actually want the community to buy it, it'd be like five bucks. Very close, six, Ooh. six bucks, six dollars for for a game that I'd probably only pick up once. That that might be worth it. Well, what else would you be doing with six dollars? I know, like six bucks. What, what can that get you now? That's like barely like a decent burger from like carl's jr or something yeah you can what six bucks you can maybe buy a couple things from mcdonald's uh you know buy one get one meals i guess but other than that like six bucks you might as well play jump force <laughs> like I'd, you, you could you could splurge on dlc characters and costumes at that point so if if any of you anime fans just have six dollars that you don't want to spend on almost a burger jump force is is your thing um, speaking of other money, Kevin, um, another game that's come out that is not being delisted, that is, I don't think it's even out yet. Um, well, no, I mean, the multiplayer is out, but not the full game, but, um, Halo Infinite is, is out. Um, and there's, there's a lot of cosmetics and there's, I think there's, as far as I know, there are some cosmetics that like are not unlockable through, um, through just normal gameplay pro progression and like in-game currency. So there are some things that you have to like actually spend money for if you want to get. And again, right now the the multiplayer is free to play, and they kind of need a way to monetize this, guys. But um, if you wanted to buy every single current cosmetic item, Kevin, guess how much it would cost you? It's Microsoft. It, we're, we're assuming you know that they're the Halo people, so they they're not going to make it cheap. I think that it would. It, it's probably, is it as bad as Valorant? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, Valorant, I don't know if that is the number to beat. Um, but their cosmetics, is it fetches for around, like, 80 bucks for a set. So, maybe, maybe yeah, I would say, like, 500 bucks. Starting cosmetics, right? Like, there's they literally just started this game. I could see 500 as being, like a like, a, here, take my money if you really want it kind of set. So, five hundred. Five hundred. A thousand thirty-five dollars. close enough. <laughs> no, no, but like if you round up. If you round up, but yeah, it, that's crazy. Like, I I know that I I play Pokemon Unite, and you know they have forty dollars skins for no reason, 
Um, but forty dollars, forty forty bucks for what? Okay, so the the Alolan Nine Tail skin is forty dollars. Um, but it comes with, it comes with like an intro and all that stuff. Nobody cares. Uh, the Lucario one for the Halloween event, the one where he's got a cool hat, that's forty bucks. And then I'm pretty sure the next uh, the next set that they're pushing right now, the Adept style Machamp, is also going to be a forty dollars set. Which for me, I don't have that kind of money. I'm not I'm not balling in dough, and I don't have a team to to win me that kind of money. So. Yeah, it, it's not in my thing, but I'll 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 nicely buy like the five dollar skins because they'll they, they look cool and they're they're not as expensive. So, yeah, you could buy several burgers with forty dollars, even more with a thousand thirty five dollars. Yeah, you know how you know how many copies of Jump Force I can buy <laughs> with <laughs> with one a lonely nine tails skin. Like I could I could buy so many of those. I could buy so many Jump Forces. I could buy so many Sneak Kings. Are we are we talking about with tax or without tax? Because uh, w- without tax, you you could buy almost seven yeah, copies. It, it, we're, we're saying without tax, but still, it's like crazy. <laughs> no one needs that many copies of Jump Force. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess like even some of the items that they promised would be ref- are free are like not free anymore. So there's some skins that are like, hey, you can get this free when the start of the game happens, and then it's not free. They still have to pay for it. So people are. People are rightly pissed off at Microsoft and 343 Industries. So, um, again, like you don't have to ever buy these cosmetics. It's like Overwatch. You don't need them to play the game. But, like, for a lot of people, customization is such a huge part of playing a game now that if you're not able to customize, it kind of takes away from that experience. And just such a, a cash grab as this, like $1,035. Again, you don't have to buy it, but it just kind of it puts a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, cosmetic items are one of those things that allows players to personalize their look. And I feel like that's really important, especially moving forward. Um, But yeah, you also want to make it affordable. Like, it's always the supply and demand kind of trade-off. But I do think that we are in a... We're we're in a time where you have to get... If you want to get your cosmetics, you will splurge for it. And the companies easily know that. So... I swear we're not even doing this on purpose, but to really piggyback off the supply and demand thing, um, apparently it's still very hard to get a PlayStation Five out there in the market. Um, I was some, I still am amazed I was able to get mine. I'm still having trouble getting my Xbox Series X, which I would really like to get to play Halo and spend a thousand thirty-five dollars on cosmetics. Um, but scalping and, and reselling is a big thing with PS5s right now. Like, Kevin, you, you see it all the time, right? On on the interwebs, people are trying to sell this stuff. Like, with anything. Yeah, it, it's definitely tough. And especially with, like, newer consoles, like, scalping is definitely an issue. Um, I know that, at least for me, like, I've been trying to get a PS5 that I feel comfortable, like, getting. But at the same time, it's like... It, we know what the retail price is. I'm not going to spend like, you know, 1.5, two times as much to, to get that. Um, so granted that, um, some people are still are going through the, the scalp route. I'm like, don't know how much this guy was selling his PS five for. Um, but apparently this 19 year old dude was trying to sell his PS five when, um, he got, got shot trying to sell it. Uh, he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he died. I think he got shot in the side and he got taken to the hospital and I think he's stable right now. Um, 
but they they agreed to meet this this guy the seller and the guy who shot him agreed to meet up uh at 1 30 p.m on a sunday uh when he arrived the buyer pulled out a firearm and tried to steal the seller it's not sure what happened next according to police but for some reason um the guy shot him in the side and then the guy ran he, he escaped without actually getting the ps5 um but look at this ps5 kevin that that is the oh god it is if you took seto kaiba and dragged him through the dirt a little bit it's exactly what it looks like <laughs> it's this ps5 is covered in mud um but guess what state this happened in oh god is it kevin is it our our state of california no no oh, thankfully not the golden state unfortunate uh let's see where where would i where would i put this i don't know because like i feel like you know how how much gun is out there <laughs> like uh america got lot gun um i'm very good at these one syllable word games uh but yeah it it just feels so weird and like i think i have seen this you know happen before with sneakers and stuff like that when something is short of of supply people will do ridiculous things i mean the reason why we have pokemon cards still on on short short supply right now um but yeah i feel like i, I don't know what state but it still feels kind of it it's still bad that somebody got shot over a ps5 texas Ooh, the, the yeehaw state uh we would think that it would you know there would be more you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas, but I guess their supply of PS5s aren't. Uh, they, they could definitely work on that that department. I feel like whenever something goes wrong in the U.S., you either assume it's Texas or Florida. I I usually lean towards more Florida because they have, like, Florida Man as literally, like, a fun <laughs> concept. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. It, it is crazy considering how far people will go for a PS5. Yeah, I'm glad. Very glad. All I had to do was pay GameStop a little bit more to get early access. That's all I had to do. I didn't have to get shot or shoot anybody. So, um, please, guys, don't do this. Just wait until supply. It's it's. We know it's hard, but just wait till more supply comes. Please, don't go through scalpers and don't go shooting scalpers, even though they all suck. Um, moving on. So the Golden Joystick Awards named the ultimate game of all time. Um. Kevin, continuing with the guessing games that we've been doing all this episode, out of all the games that have ever existed in the world, what do you think is the ultimate game of all time as chosen by the Golden Joystick Awards? We're talking like game as in, it has to be a video game, right? Yes. Okay. I, I was about to say Moncala, but you know uh we we can't we can't go there um greatest game of all time that is so tough because like history wise you know if we i did take gaming history and that that game that that whole course threw me off for so long um i wouldn't put it behind them if they said you know the first super mario or the legend of zelda i felt like those two kind of pioneered something uh with what they did i could see pong as well, Pong being the first coin-op. Um, but I don't know. Like, what if they pull, you know, an anime best best anime of the year award or anime of all time and then just say Demon Slayer? Like, that's not 
it's not the right answer. There, there is no right answer for an anime of the decade, but it's not Demon Slayer. Um, but not not hating on Demon Slayer. I like I like the show, but it's just like it can't be the most popular thing right now. Um, I, it, it's tough. I wouldn't. I I would like to believe that it is something older that we like all kind of gravitate towards. Like you know, Street Fighter would have would have worked. Like one of the originals, but. I have a feeling that with the Golden Joystick Awards, they would have picked something that's way too contemporary, and then they just say, like, Undertale or something like that. Final answer, Undertale? I, I hope it's not Undertale, but I'll, I'll stick with Undertale. Okay. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. You were close with Demon Slayer, honestly. Oh, okay. Dark Souls. Like, they, they said, like, as a series, right? It just says Dark Souls. I think they mean the no. They mean the first one. They mean they mean the original Dark Souls. Oh, nah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, okay. So here, here's the rest of the twenty runners up, and this is like by votes. Um. So again, top is Dark Souls. Number two is 1993's Doom. Number three is Breath of the Wild. Four is Half Life Two. Five is Minecraft. Six is Street Fighter. Seven is Tetris. Eight is The Last of Us. Nine is Super Mario 64. Ten is Metal Gear Solid. Eleven is Halo Combat Evolved, so the original Halo. Um, Twelve is Super Mario Brothers 3. Thirteen is Grand Theft Auto 5. Fourteen is Portal. Fifteen is Call of Duty 4. Sixteen is Pac-Man. Seventeen is Super Mario Kart. Eighteen is Space Invaders. Nineteen is SimCity. And twenty, get this shit, is Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> not even not even a main title Pokemon game. It's just okay. Um but yeah, I I'm surprised that I I would think like Tetris would be up there. Like Tetris is loved by everybody. Who doesn't like putting I I would have thought Pong because of like you said it's the first coin op. Yeah, there there was a lot of things, but I didn't expect, you know, Dark Souls to be number 1. Like I understand the difficulty of having that kind of game, but at the same time like it it's kind of tough to bring it up to a popular vote and then just hope that, you know, you're going to get the right answer. Like there is, I feel like there is no right answer for, you know, best video game of all time since all of them kind of influence each other in a way. And, you know, we, we like games for different reasons. Yeah. So speaking of game, liking games for different reasons, I like smash because it's like a fun way to just to couch co-op, but some people like smash because they like going to tournaments and now Nintendo is finally partnering with Panda Global for its first officially sanctioned Smash Ultimate and um, Super Smash Melee tournaments. So according to um, so according to Bill Trinan, who's the senior director of product marketing at Nintendo America, he believes that partnering with Panda Global will enable a consistent, fun, and welcoming competitive environment. But it's like, people have been doing this for decades. You're just kind of hopping in when you could have been there from the beginning to build up this ground up it feels a little bit disingenuous to come in now after you'd be like not wanted to support it for so long yeah it's kind of a mixed feeling especially with smash like smash was built to be kind of this fun party game but once you start bringing the competitive aspect into it and you're playing for money you're playing for glory like it would have been nicer if you adopted like beyond the summit and like those people who have been in that circuit for the longest time Um, but i also see this as a uh oops we're starting to feel pressure from other games like 
you know, the the Nickelodeon Brawl Stars and the new multiverses that we have coming up. So they're like, oh, wait, they have money tournaments. Uh, how are we going to keep our audience together? So um, if Nintendo has to team up with Panda Global, which they are a good company to do it, um, it I feel like it should have been way sooner. Like, I understand, like, Nintendo does this thing where they would rather give out prizes than prize money uh, since they want to keep that family-friendly thing going. But at the same time, like... This has been going on for so long. You need to hop on it before you start losing your your audience. Yeah. So the way that this tournament's going to work is that the people across the U.S. are going to compete in online qualifiers for Ultimate. Um, and then also in-person tournaments for Ultimate and Melee will happen once large-scale events return. Um, then they're just going to keep moving on to different rounds, including a Grand Finals and a Championship. Players from Canada and Mexico will be able to compete once they have um, squared away the whole international travel thing, especially with COVID going on and especially just in general um, with like visas and whatever, since these are going to be a lot of in-person events. Um, so I, this feels very belated. I honestly, it's like, why now? Really? Why now? But it's like, yeah, they're just, they feel like they're getting left behind. Yeah, it's either that or they said, oh, we, we'll wait till the last character comes out. And when they were like, mm, it's not Sans Undertale, it's Sora. And we're like, okay, that's cool. Okay, now we could officially not worry about, you know, different characters coming in and having to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And just saying, okay, we can we can have tournament now. But it does feel really late. Like, if, if honestly, like, this could have started out in Melee. And then, you know, you could have just brought everybody from there and then have a better communication between Nintendo and, you know, their actual competitive player base. But this just seems like we got to throw money at, at the door now. Like we have to get people to play our game uh, because there's not going to be any more updates and there's not going to be any more events. So have to keep it interesting one way or another. I feel like people are going to support this just because they love melee and they love smash and they love the new characters in ultimate. So I, I think it's going to get some, some traction but like how much traction do you think how how big do you think this is actually going to be like are people going to abandon like the the underground circuits for this or are they just kind of stick to what they know and like especially if they feel like nintendo kind of betrayed their trust by shutting down so many tournaments before and then coming in now saying hey we want to do tournaments again we want to do tournaments now let's do tournaments yeah i feel like it's gonna it's going to be really weird because I feel like a lot of competitors will be playing for the prize money. Uh, they want the prize money. They want the glory. And that's something that you get through your underground routes and through playing those kinds of tournaments. Um, but if it has to be difficult, like essentially the fact that they are backtracking now and saying like, hey, we, we want to bring in the, the audience. Um, you're going to get a lot more newer people in and a lot of the older players are just going to stay in their regular circuits. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it does come down to money. Um, if these players want to fight for, you know, let's just say if like one tournament unsanctioned by Nintendo pays out a lot more, has more eyes on Twitch, they're going to watch, they're going to play that tournament instead of playing for whatever Nintendo tournament they're offering. Like, why would I go and win a golden controller when I can go and win you know, a couple thousand dollars. So that's, I feel like that's the biggest thing that's going to 
come to the come to the circuit you know how's it going to compete against like more established like officially sanctioned esports like the the mortal Kombat scene or like the street fighter scene which like have been supportive of the community since the beginning yeah the the evo and the you know the beyond the summit games like all those are are really good for starting out and fighting but i don't think that nintendo wanted to recognize that and like i feel like evo is definitely going to be one of those people who says like okay well if nintendo is going to start running their events we'll just open that smash slot for other games and they will they'll find a new game to go and play they'll bring in friggin demon slayer chronicles or something like that i'm down for that i'm down to watch that more dragon ball fighters you know it's stuff like that it's it's interesting to see that they want to be a part of the space, even though they've taken, they've essentially shut down a lot of the spaces prior. So I, I think that it's just desperation at this point to just try to keep Smash alive. Nintendo and desperation. It's not a phrase I ever thought I would hear, but it like, it certainly seems like that's really the case for their competitive scene for sure. But like, I mean, we haven't seen, this is something that I find really fun. Like I watched the collegiate scene for Mario Kart. Like oh. Mario Kart 8 has a huge following in the collegiate scene. But I haven't seen anything for Mario Kart done by Nintendo. So like I feel like that's going to be another thing that a lot of players are going to be looking at. Like okay, well if they let's just say if they do this right. For example, let's just say Beautiful World they do the smash thing correct. Will we see other games come out? as you know competitive esports things will we have you know the mario party mini games gauntlet just for fun i don't know those are those are very viable options that we can see in the near future i'd love to see like competitive mario kart like everyone has their wheels yeah everybody has the wheels everybody's got you know their own controllers uh one dude's just there with the fours of pedals from the ps5 like they're all options that just if they do the tournament scene right, it could mean a lot more for the Nintendo like properties in general. But I don't know if like it, it really does come down to the way how they want to tackle uh the international law for for like gaming and stuff like that and if competing for prize pools is something that the Nintendo company is okay with doing. Um I hope that they say yo know, green light. It's not a gambling. It's it's actually a skill-based game and forcing people to play that way. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they what they come up with. Speaking of not of doing this, speaking of doing the scene right, you know who's not been doing the scene right? Blizzard. Wow. Hey, who would have thought that we'd have to talk about more Blizzard stuff again? Um, uh, Blizzard is is still in the throes of it now. The focusing of the ire is not on, um, the last dude who left. I can't remember his name, and I don't feel the need to at this point. Oh, yeah, I I, I just remembered his name, but I don't want to say it. Um, but the newest um, the newest focus of the ire is no one else than other than CEO Bobby Kotick. Um. <laughs> Um, it's, it's CEO Bobby Cody, but Kevin, guess how many workers have petitioned for him to resign? Um, more than one. Is that, is that a good guess? That's an excellent guess. That, that's correct. 
More than one. I'm so good at this game. I, I finally get to be a winner. I am so glad. I would like to thank the Academy uh, for, for giving me a victory. Uh, I just had to I just had to find the right answer and it happened to be more than one. You're not wrong. Certainly not wrong. Uh, do you know how many more than one? Uh, more than two. <laughs> so good. You just keep winning, Kevin. You just keep winning. I'm unstoppable. Uh, it, it's it's impossible to stop me. But like, honestly, is it is it like another like thousand people again? It's twelve hundred. So more than one. Yeah. And more than two. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so twelve hundred workers. Uh, I think it was twelve hundred eleven to be exact. Yeah, twelve hundred eleven signatures have been added to this petition created by Blizzard workers. Um, and and it's not like just a random anonymous thing. This is like a real like there's stakes behind this they're they're signing their names they're like putting their names behind this petition like they're they're not hiding behind anonymity um so this is what the petition says we the undersigned no longer have confidence in the leadership of bobby kodak as the ceo of activision blizzard the information that has come to light about his behaviors and practices and the running of our companies runs counter to the culture and integrity we require of our leadership and directly conflicts with the initiatives started by our peers. We ask that Bobby Kotick remove himself as the CEO and that we, the shareholders, be allowed to select the new CEO without the input of Bobby, who we are aware owns a substantial portion of the voting rights of the shareholders. That's not good. Um, but so, yeah, the twelve, the 1,200 um, employees is like 12% of the total workforce of Blizzard. Um, they also made a public um, petition that fans can also sign by themselves um, that says that Bobby has not – he does not care about his employees. He's not a good fit for CEO. The petition does not guarantee his removal, but it will show that people are not okay with him and how he's treated his employees. That being said, um, some information has come out as to, like, what he's actually done. So, like, one of the things that came out in is more on the bigger side of this is that he threatened to have his assistant killed in a voicemail. Now, I don't know – if that's like he's just like, I hate you so much I'm gonna kill you kind of thing or is like he's actually like I'm gonna I, I'm gonna hire a hitman and like step by step of what he's doing so that's one of the things that happened in 2006 um, but it was settled out of court a company spokesperson said that he apologized 16 years ago and it was an obvious hyperbolic and inappropriate voicemail um, other things is like he's kept harassment allegations and settlements from the company's board of directors so like the people running this company didn't even know half the stuff that was going on because of Bobby being just not a good person. Um, and just overall just sticking his hands in and, and preventing a lot of this information from coming to light. So just just not good on, on Bobby Kodak. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're probably at this point forcing his hand. If he doesn't step down, like... You can't do anything when you already have this public display of get out. Yeah, um, and you don't need Jordan Peele to direct it. It's um, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just bad. Like you just have to listen to what your employees are saying, and if it works, it, like he ends up staying. I feel like a lot of people are gonna be weary or, or like disapprove of Blizzard even more. So. 
yeah, I think for the better of the company, they better listen to their employees. Um, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But like, yeah, it it just doesn't seem like a good thing moving forward for Blizzard. So get your get your shit fixed. I I don't know how else to say it. Uh, someone who who did try to I guess get the shit fixed. Um, and and like was not for all we know, part of this is Papa Jeff. So Papa Jeff, like, when this all came out, of course, everybody was asking, like, what's his involvement? Like, why did he get out now? Like, did he know this was coming? Um, How much did he know? Was he involved? But according to a developer, Tracy Kennedy on Twitter, what she said was, um, the Kaplan I knew was a great guy who hated corporate BS and fought it until the bitter end. Um... ABK's corporate culture and business pressure to do things he felt would compromise the game of the devs is what she is meaning by corporate BS. Um, His philosophy was to shield us from it, and that's why we have the good team we do. But now the toxicity is quite public, and many have left from the shock of it. So Papa Jeff was a good guy. Yeah, Jeff knew the right right answer, and he got out of there while he could. Um, And yeah, it wasn't just because, oh, we, you want to make it 5v5. I don't like 5v5. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. No, there was apparently, there was a lot more behind it. And um, I think there was a really, there was a really good documentary done by, I think it was the score esports where they talked about, it's like literally uh, is Overwatch dead. The, the title of the YouTube video. And if you watch it, it talks about like, okay, why did Jeff leave? Like, why, why are these things happening in this order? And yeah, he, he definitely was opposed to the culture at, at Blizzard, and he didn't want to make a big scene out of it, but he he did with just him leaving. Um, but now that we know the answer, it's not like he was in hot water or anything. He just truly did not like the culture at Blizzard. So good for him to move on to something else, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if Papa Jeff starts working for Valorant or something. It would be really interesting. <laughs> I mean, not that he needs to. He's probably got plenty of money as it is. But, like, I feel like with creatives, like, you can't stop working. Yeah. And another thing that I I was mentioning, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, was, like, I feel like Overwatch from Blizzard may die. Let's just say if it it does. But there will be a spiritual successor to it. Like, we when we had Team Fortress 2 for the longest time... Right, we knew that. Oh, okay, there's got to be something else out there that's gonna take up the take up the wheel, take up the mantle. And when it was Overwatch, we're like, okay, that is the one that's going to take up this mantle. So we know that if Overwatch dies, let's just say, um, there will be another game out there that can fill that void. And whether it comes from ABK or if it comes from, you know, a completely different like developer who we don't know of at all right now. Um, I do think that we will still have a game to go back to and um, hopefully it won't be as a, uh, as crazy as whatever's going on at ABK right now. Speaking of crazy to move on to our last topic, Kevin, you want to talk about the, the patch notes that we got here? These, these insane patch notes. Yeah, we, I was brought, this was brought to my attention by, actually my discord my discord people um my old teammates and they were just like okay you have to talk about this today and i'm like i'm recording the podcast today and then they're like overwatch stuff today and i'm like uh, what and i was just looking at a couple of them and they just said this is ridiculous like this is off the walls like 
who, what, why. Um, but we we looked through all of them. We looked through a lot of them. Um, and yeah, there are big changes coming to to, to Blizzard. So and and just the way how it works. Um, but the interesting thing is that they had three different people kind of like work on each different role. Um, which if we take a peek at it. Um, we had Violet work on support heroes. We had Flats on tanks and Somju on DPS. Um, but the way how this starts off is the tanks. So I guess we'll just go in order. Um, I could I could take this so I can give Matt's arm a rest for once. Um, so Diva, Diva's first thing that pops up on Diva's page is Pilot Diva quick melee damage increased from thirty to a hundred damage. So you're you're getting full on punched by Diva now. Uh, Defense Matrix is increased by 10% in terms of size. Boosters increase from 2 to 4 seconds, so it's longer to boost. And your speed is increased by 25%, so you're zooming faster. Um, and then the Eject, ejecting out of mech, now ejects you at a 15 meter per second up and 10 meters per second in a direction that you are holding. So essentially, you're, you're getting launched out of the... Uh, out of the mech. She's zoomy and she's swole. She's swole. She's literally punching you in, in the face now. It's crazy. Um, remember, this is all experimental patch, but... It's the, it's the thing. It's the April Fool's Day patch all over again. But it's the fun <laughs> part. Um, moving on to the horse now. Um, Arissa, first thing that we got to talk about is uh, the health change. So they, they said, oh, okay, so... You, you have a solid amount of HP and armor, but what if we gave you one health and 399 armor instead? Um, and Arissa was like, fine, but you have to give me a Christmas hat. So they gave them, they gave Arissa a Christmas hat. Um, <laughs> that is it for the balance sheet. Just kidding. No, there's more. Um, the projective barrier now has less HP from 600 to 300. And the cooldown is reduced from 10 to 8, uh, from 10 to 8 seconds. So it's faster to deploy, less shield overall. Um, fusion driver no longer slows you while firing, so you can you can be a zoomy horse. Um, fortify uh, lasts for six seconds instead of four, and you can now be headshot while using fortify. So you um, used to not be able to do that, but now you can. Um, and the last one is the cooldown for halt has been reduced from six to four seconds, so a lot more uh, a little bit more pulley annoyingness from Arissa, less barriers. She's a sturdy horsey. Yeah, and uh, has a Christmas hat. Now we now we get to go on to one of our favorites. This is one that, like, my friend sent me this one first because they know I play Ryan. Um, so first things first, armor and health reduction. Um, it, it's kind of just they balance it out a little bit. So um, the armor on Reinhardt is increased from 200 to uh, 225. So now he has 525 total health. Barriers are now back from 1600 to 2000 so reverting the barriers back to full strength fire strike this is the fun part damage decreased from 100 to 80 but now has two charges so you can just throw them back to back and also they move 100 percent faster so <laughs> that's scary it's uh, I, I like this i really like this yeah it, it's good and then we, we gotta go on to the rest of it there's still more um earth shatter now knocks you down for three seconds instead of 2.5, so you're down longer. But now it in, it deals 400 damage if you're within a 1.5 meter radius of the Earth Shatter, um, where the hammer hits the ground. So you're just taking a ridiculous amount of damage. Um, and then blocking Earth Shatter 
now shows up in the kill feed um, with Ryan Shield icon, which is cool. And then the last thing is that there's a voice line that plays when you block it that says, you shame yourself. Um, on top of that, steadfast knockback has been increased to 40%, so you get pushed back even less. This is as close as we're going to get to Overwatch 2 Reinhardt, and I'm so f- I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for this. And I'm glad that we still have it in the 6v6 format, because uh, we're, we're going to have crazy halt, pull, grab moves with, uh, with just bobbing people on the head. Um, Roadhog, uh, a lot of people were like, oh yeah, I forgot that he exists, um, but here, here we are. So the max health of Roadhog has been decreased to 500 from 600, so a little bit less tanky. Uh, but the scrap damage per pellet has also been reduced a little bit. Um, chain hook impact damage increased from 30 to 70, so it does a lot more when you actually get hooked, um, which is balanced by the amount of scrap uh, damage that they do with the scrap cannon. Um, also, the cooldowns reduced from eight seconds to six seconds, so it's a little bit faster. You're gonna have more hooks. Um, you're gonna be surviving a little bit longer. Take a breather uh, has reduced healing from to 250, so it's still increasing. It's still healing you for half your HP. And this is the fun part: whole hog. Now, if you point it at the ground, you will lift yourself up and you can get to high ground situations. I just the pig can fly. Yeah, they said when pigs fly and they let us have it. Um, moving on to Sigma. Sigma's kind of an interesting one that they changed. So health increased from 300 to 400. Uh, so 500 total. That makes it's a lot of numbers, but 500 total HP now. Uh, Sigma can now be able to hold jump while airborne to slow his descent. So it's a little bit of a guardian angel floaty kind of deal. Um, the experimental barrier was experimental, so they took it away. Um, the accretion, uh, the rock, uh, the impact damage is increased from 30 to 40, so a little bit more damage there. Uh, damage is increased from 40 to 50, um, but now is susceptible to reflect, deflect, and defense matrix, so it can be eaten. Um, Sigma also uses his voice line, yes, after every use of accretion. Um, and the last thing that is added is kinetic grasp, um, Reduce the cooldown from 12 to 8 seconds, so he could use it instead of his own barrier. Um, and increases Sigma's movement speed by 100 while active, so he can zoom around and throw rocks and say yes. Yes. Yes, that that is, that is the correct that's, answer. That's the only answer for this, is yes. Uh, yeah, and then we're moving down, I believe, we yeah, we have a couple more tank stuff, so we're going to Winston. Um, knockback effects are 30% less effective against Winston, so Winston cannot get pushed um, as far it kind of has his own like steadfast built in um winston now deals 100 percent more damage to deployable objects so barriers turrets um literally anything that is deployed uh, winston does more damage does 100 percent more damage to it um jump pack now deals 100 damage to enemies that are within four meter four meters of launch um so if you jump out it does damage um and then you also travel 30 percent faster so you're you're flying in faster and you're Dealing damage on the way out, which is cool. Um, and then Primal Rage increases the health bonus from 500 to 1,000. So you're getting a lot more HP out of this. So you're telling me that this is how we ruin a Torbjorn's day? Yes, for once. We, we, get to, we get to hop in fast and deal more damage, which is, which is insane. It's great. Um, moving on to the other moon animal, 
uh, Wrecking Ball. We were talking about the grappling hook. Now has a maximum duration of 3.5 seconds. So you can't just hang on to a grappling hook forever, um, which is which is cool. It requires you to think a little bit more. Uh, roll now has a jump height that is increased by 100%, so it flies higher. Um, full speed impact damage on collision is reduced from 50 to 40, so less damage on the hit. But can now charge directions a lot more quickly and easily. So you can change directions while rolling pretty quick. Um, pile driver, minimum damage reduced from 20 to 15. Maximum damage also reduced from 100 to 80. So it's doing less on the pile driver. Um, but the cooldown is reduced from 10 to 8 seconds. So you have a little bit more options to use it. Um, and yeah, it can be used at a slightly lower height. I don't know what that specifically entails but just lower um last part adaptive shields um you get 50 shield per target now not 75 the duration is increased from 9 to 12 seconds so you get to survive that longer and then also the cooldown is reduced from 15 to 12 seconds so you can have adaptive shield as much you just don't gain as much during it so this is just like you just have to play wrecking ball smarter you can't spin to win but you you're just it he's becoming more of like a poke harasser yeah he, he gets in and gets out really quickly and i i like what they're doing with the changes there um moving on to the last tank we're talking about zarya um this this one's kind of interesting so particle cannon primary fire um has minimum damage increase from 75 to 80 damage per second so it's a little bit more damage on regular damage stuff secondary fire which is the, the little uh, ball thing that comes out um, old fire no longer hurts yourself so you can jump and not worry about killing yourself which is cool um, and then old fire also knocks back increased by 150 percent so you can <laughs> you can eat people everywhere with the particle cannon now um, as for the barrier for your own personal barrier health is increased to 250 from 200 and also the size is 50 percent bigger so you can block a lot more um, and same thing goes for the projected barrier so you're going to be able to block a lot more. You're going to be able to push people a lot more. And uh, yeah, Zarya is no longer just build beam all the time. It, it actually has a little bit more implication to it. Sometimes you throw energy. In Russia, energy throw you. Throw you really far. It almost yeets you across the map, which uh, I'm really interested to just see how this plays out. Uh, this patch, by the way, just dropped earlier today. So we we haven't played it. We don't know how this works, um, but it's going to get really interesting. Yeah. Um, moving on into the damage heroes for you DPS players and the majority player base of Overwatch. Here we go. Uh, we're starting out with Ash. So Coach Gun now has two charges. So you can push yourself away or push someone else away with two charges. Um, Dynamite cooldown has been increased from 12 to 14 seconds. But the Viper's hit fire uh, has been also reduced from 0.25 to 0.22 seconds. So you're going to get a couple more shots out there from just regular hip fire. But aiming down sights has a movement penalty from 30 to 10. So uh, you can move a little bit faster while taking aim, which is really nice on Ash. We can just kind of hover, hover over some of like the other interesting little tidbits of these characters. But Cassie's role is, is an arrow is an interesting one. Yeah, we're going back to air roll Cole Cassidy, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, the other thing is, you know, the, the Deadeye now spawns more tumbleweeds, so uh, it's going to be a little bit harder to miss him unless you don't see the tumbleweeds. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. Let's see who else has other bonuses. Um, 
Bastion just gets a little bit more armor when in tank configuration. He gets 100 armor. Um, Doomfist. Let's see. What what did we have here? Um, increases the shield given by the best defense. Um, and yeah, landing meteor strike is a lot faster. Um, but he has less health. He has uh, 25% or he has 25 less health. So he just gains it through the best defense, which is kind of a better way of balancing it out, more forcing him to do more. Um, yeah, when we get to the Shimada brothers, this is going to be really, really weird. I mean, um, so first thing, cyber agility. When climbing walls, it is increased by 50% speed, so you climb faster. But also on top of that, wall climbing now refunds your double jump. So being able to, you could double jump, touch the wall, and then double jump again, and then touch the wall um so genji is going to be like a little gremlin uh rolling around and, and being everywhere so you're telling me genji can fly he he can fly he's more like a spider-man f like freaking out and like hopping around everywhere so definitely have to worry about genji and then everybody was like man you know what we miss the most out of every ability in overwatch we miss scatter arrow and they heard you so hanzo was like okay Storm arrows now ricochet off of surface up to five times. So you can, you can throw scatter arrows in a hallway, and it will just bounce around all day. Technically, it's not scatter arrow. Yeah, it's storm arrow. It's different. It's it's just less, more arrows, but less smile. Uh, and then he can he can lunge himself a little bit more. Um, the the big one that Matt wanted to point out was actually for Farah, um, the hover jet crouch. That that is something that we were we were talking about that forever, and we finally get it in this experimental patch. She can land and doesn't just float like a wind, like Wash. And we all know how what happened to Wash when he floated like the wind. He's dead. Yeah, you you now have the ability to fall fast, and that's really really good. Um, and yeah, they 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 increased or they reduced the cooldown for both concussive blast and jump jet too. So VAR is going to have a little bit more mobility, which is going to be a lot of fun to look at. Um, totally glo glossed over Junkrat. Um, he da, 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 he has more grenades. Uh, he just has more grenades. <laughs> that, they hurt you more. They, they, hurt, they hurt more, and he has more. So just be be afraid of total mayhem. Don't stand underneath a Junkrat when you die. Um, so yeah, that that's something that we gotta we gotta keep in mind. Um, he has a lot more frag potential, so just gotta look out for that. Um, let's just see what happens here. Um, Shadow Step gives Reaper a movement speed increase by 40% now um, once he comes out of it. So uh, not only does he teleport, he also runs fast. Um, that's <laughs> it's going to be kind of scary. And then the shotgun's spread has been reduced by 15%, so it's going to be more concentrated. A lot more people have to deal with that. Um, let's see. Soldier 76, when sprinting, it reloads the pulse rifle after three seconds of continuous running. So you don't have to worry about having to stop reload. You can sprint for three seconds and have your gun reloaded for you. Um, Tac visor also deals ten percent more while active, which is pretty cool. Um, moving on to Sombra, let's just see what we got here. Um, Hacks increase uh, has an increased cooldown, but also affects targets. Uh, affected targets take twenty percent more damage from all sources for three seconds. So they're kind of giving us that Sombra Overwatch 2 thing that they were discussing. 
I don't play Sombra a lot, but it's just I I I don't like being hacked. It's like as a Reinhardt. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like being hacked. And it's at least the cooldown increase is is a little bit better, so I don't get hacked as much. But now I'm getting hurt more when I get hacked. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just a it's a balance that they have to they have to juggle. Um let's see, Symmetra teleporting um, teleporter increase movement speed by 50% once you come out of it. So that's, uh, not everybody is going to be stuck in the teleporter the whole time unless somebody throws grab at it. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, Torb, a couple changes. Let's just see what we have. Uh, hammer does more damage. <laughs> if you want to hit somebody with a hammer, um, this, <laughs> so, uh, overload increases the damage of forge hammer to 125 when active. So, if you overload and then smack somebody with a hammer, it's going to do a lot more than uh, it normally did. So it's it's just Reinhardt Jr. Yeah, it, it's the one that hits your kneecaps instead of your head. Uh, that's going to be really interesting. Um, and then the, the turret has uh, reduced damage now, so less, less annoying taking damage from that. So that's really nice to deal with. Um, the, the tracer thing is going to be really interesting. So recall restores all blinks back to the duration that you had it at when whenever you use your recall. Um, and then the cooldown is increased because it's giving you back your blink charges, um, which is fine. Uh, and then the pulse ammo, the pulse pistols do more damage as well. So they're increasing tracer play and allowing you to get in and out um, if, if you want to. And we don't mean the burgers. Um Widowmaker, um, the auto fire gonna it has more fall off increase range, which is which is okay. Um, the damage is also increased from auto fire. Uh, the infrasight now resets grappling hook, so you can pop it so you can move around to another place real quick if you need to. Is I, I don't feel like this was the most impactful change to widow. Like I don't get a lot of widows in my game anyway, so I mean at the lower levels, I'm not sure it's gonna really have that much of an impact yeah so the dvs were like kind of sprinkled like tapped if anything there wasn't anything that's like out of they're out not, of the ring they're not like fun changes they're like who who's in charge of this um it's it's like uh sonju just actually tried to make reasonable changes <laughs> instead of having fun with it yeah the only change that he made that was fun was like torb's hammer so we we got a little bit more now. Now the supports we were talking about the the tanks being a little crazy. The supports are a little crazy too. So let's talk about Ana. So Ana's sleep dart. If you eliminate a sleeping target, it resets your cooldown for sleep dart. And then also for nano boost. Now if there's no target for Ana to use, uh, she will drug herself up. <laughs> she's like she's just kind of kind of she took notes from Genji. Pretty much is what she did. He's like oh, boost me. I'm gonna do it myself. Um, Baptiste, now this is also a very interesting change. So Biotic Launcher now heals Baptiste as well. Um, but at the cost, Regenerative Burst does not heal. It it damages enemies in his in his AoE. Um, and then Exo Boots, which is his uh, crouch jump, um, it deals 40 damage to enemies when he lands within 4 meters of them. So it's forcing him to be a little bit more uh, offensive and potentially, like, you know, damage dealing here. What's regenerative regenerative about hurting people? He's unaliving them. That's <laughs> I guess that's how that works. Um, speaking of things that don't work, Brig. Um, Brig 
is completely ran to the ground with this patch. Um, so Inspire no longer heals allies, but instead trigger triggering Inspire reduces the cooldown of adding a repair pack by 0.5 seconds. So you can add more repair packs, and to help with that, you have repair packs charging going to 5 instead of 3. So you could have more in your back pocket, but you don't AoE heal with Brig. I don't understand how to play Brig. I've tried. I'm a healer Lucio one trick. So I don't understand how this is going to impact Brig players. It, it just means that you can't passive heal, which is fine. Um, now we get to go on to Lucio. Now, <laughs> this stuff was bonkers when I first read it. But Sound Barrier's cost is reduced by 30%. So you get it more often. But on top of that, it now deals massive damage to enemies when Lucio lands on their head. So Goomba Stomping is a thing for Lucio. Um, Sonic Amplifier, the fire rate is increased by 15% while, while wall riding. That's a mouthful. Um, and then after one second of wall riding, this bonus is reduced to 50%. So it you you the second that you touch the wall, you get... A, an increased fire rate but if you the longer you stay on the less as a lucio one trick healer i like this i li i, I want to goomba stomp somebody i want to see what exactly it means by massive damage yeah we, we don't know the numbers uh they're giving us a pokemon unite treatment here <laughs> um we're going to mercy so the valkyrie now kind of promotes battle mercy which is kind of nice so valkyrie extends the duration by three seconds if you get a killing blow while in valkyrie um, Seducia's staff increases, uh, the, what is it? Um, it has a reduced healing from 55 healing per second to 40 over two seconds while connected. So this is kind of a weird one uh, of saying it, but, uh, yeah, it, it just heals less at the start, but then it goes back to normal after two seconds. So it, it's weird. It's like you have a little bit of a burst heal from, from the staff. You have to kind of, um... What is it? You have to devote more to healing. You can't just like tap, heal, tap, heal, tap, heal. You have to like actually go in and heal someone for more than two seconds to get like the proper rate of healing. Yeah. And and that's pretty, it, it's less consistent healing. So it's going to give Mercy a little bit more of a, more competition in the healing space. Um, but Resurrect, this is something that I find kind of fun. Um, can now be canceled by using secondary fire while channeling, and it refunds 50% of its cooldown. So the reason for this is sometimes you get caught in resurrect, and your hand is going up, and 50 people are pointing guns in your mouth. Um, so I'm kind of glad that the resurrect now can be refunded, and you could actually defend yourself. Yeah, especially with my friends who like to do risky reses. It's like this is this gives you an out card. Yeah, it gives you an out at the cost of not having the res. Um, th this one's kind of funny. We're talking about Moira now. So Biotic Grass Primary Fire, when you're trying to heal somebody and you're out of resource energy, Moira will now consume her own health to heal you. Um, Biotic Orb, now allies uh, receive 100% less healing from the same Biotic Orb, um, and but instead are cleansed of all status effects, so either slows or uh, anything else that comes in their way, uh, stuns, um, Enemies will now suffer, uh, well, at least 100 damage from the same biotic orb uh, tops and are slowed by 30% for five for 1.5 seconds. So uh, biotic orb has a little bit more, um, how can I say it? It has a little bit more effect than just bouncing around and being a screensaver. <laughs> um, 
The last thing is Fade now cleanses status effects from Moira as well as allies of Moira uh, that she passes through when it ends. So they're giving Moira that uh, that cleanse ability that they gave a while ago. I just like the fact that she can drain her health and just like throw it as healing pee at other people. It's like I I can't I like life life sucks. I'm healing you. I'm done. Like I can I can end myself. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. Um, Zenyatta's the last one. This one is kind of sad for Zen players, but uh, the Discord uh, Discord damage amplification is reduced from 25 to 20 percent. Um, Discord orbs can now be applied to barriers, turrets, and other not other attackable objects. It no longer reveals the position of the target. Um, and line of sight return is three and is um, reduced from three to one point five. So Discord orb is like you put it on something and it disappears really quick. Um, it doesn't give you as much um, information as it used to. Uh, Harmony orb does the same thing, so even less time on the uh, on staying on people. Um, the difference is transcendence. When you pop transcendence, it heals for less to everybody, but any enemies that are nearby will get discord orbed. I, I'm interested in the fact, like, the line of sight thing is a very big change. Um, I like that now that you can attach it to barriers or turrets and things like that. The transcendence applying discord is, is very interesting. So, like, I feel like when you play Zen now, at least with this experimental patch, you really have to be very coordinated and, like, I feel like he's he's a much more of a, a dive friendly healer. Yeah, it's giving him a little bit of a fighting chance with Lucio, but honestly, I think like the current lineup right now is just telling me to just keep running Baptiste Lucio or you know, if Ana sleeps something just jump on that. Like that is going to be really interesting to see, but the experimental patch is live. If you guys want to test this, uh go for it. Tell me how it goes and uh it, it looks like a lot of fun. This is actually something that my entire team came back to me and said, hey, we should try this experimental patch because it's weird. Um, but I'm mainly there for the, you know, for the Ryan changes. I feel like that's going to be fun. But uh, is there anything that you saw in this patch that you want to you want to test out? Goomba Stomp. The, the Goomba Stomp Lucio just I, I don't know if that's only his ult. Or if it is just his ult, I feel like it's still still ridiculous. It's still like you can still get that ult pretty quickly. Like I think my my the most I've had is like six ults in a game. So as long as I'm healing efficiently, I'll get several chances to do it. That and like the Arista changes look pretty interesting. So yeah, it's going to be a lot to look forward to if you are going to be playing this this experimental patch. Check it out. Um, it's it's going to be wild. And I think that is it for this live first time in studio in Little Tokyo episode before Kevin and I go and eat because we haven't eaten all day and then go probably do something in L.A. before I have to go back home. Um, but now that this has been our first live experience, Kevin, any final words of wisdom or parting words for the people who listen to this podcast and are not able to be here in person with us at this time uh yeah come come by la say hi uh it's, it's kind of it's fun traffic sucks but everything else around it is fun um but yeah except the smog yeah the smog the smog is not fun um <laughs> but 
everything else pretty pretty fun down here i would say uh just enjoy gaming there's going to be a lot of deals because not only was there you know black friday deals going on we're approaching the winter winter sale um my wallet is not going to be happy about it but um there's a bunch of other stuff that that should be moving forward um another quick quick reminder thing um at least for my stream i just got a gopro um i got a gopro hero 10 so uh i'm gonna be looking at uh either more vlogging stuff or potentially uh more streaming stuff so that's that's a little exciting live stream some uh some basketball hoops in the arcades that's actually the main purpose of why i got it um I've, I've been looking at like third person rigs so i can strap the whole gopro experience to myself so that way i don't have to like bother people with holding the camera the whole time Ooh, that should be fun it's gonna it's gonna be fun that and i have to stress test it first so um expect a lot of uh sunday brunch streams or drive-through streams for for a little bit um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to test how far I can push this GoPro thing. Well, keep us informed as to how this goes. I have a GoPro home I've never used for anything because I didn't want to buy the accessories for it. But yeah, the the technology for streaming and and filming yourself has really has really just, just grown up since I remember when like the GoPro first came out. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Like you could strap a camera to your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like. All of the camera angles that you never thought that you could get are now available with the GoPro. And now that it's like, it's even older now, like the technology, the, the most important thing is the nines and tens have a front facing screen. So now that you can film yourself without having to like worry about what the shot looks like, you could actually see it, see it ahead of time. Is it still fisheye? Uh, it is, but you have the option to switch it. Oh, thank God. I, I never liked fisheye personally, unless you're like trying to get a weird effect out of it. I just that's what I didn't like about the GoPros is that's always fisheye. Yeah, you can you can change it now with like they have different ways of like tempering with the, the look of it. So it doesn't always have to be the fisheye lens. You have a lot of other options. And uh, yeah, it. I've been doing a lot of research on it and I'm kind of glad that I got it now. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in to our first ever live episode. Um, we're going to go eat now. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back to our normal not live and, and just recorded from our bedrooms podcast next week. Um, and adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.